From the Hub for Youth and Family Ministry, this is Hub Talk, a ministry podcast that is based on conversations with those in children's, youth, and family ministry. In this podcast, we will be tapping into the wisdom and experience of those who have a track record of faithful ministry. It is our sincere hope to edify, encourage, and equip you in your endeavor to be faithful in one of the most important areas of ministry in the church, ministries to families, all for the glory of God. Hey, this is Jeremy Griswold and Kevin Hall. We're back with Hub Talk, and we're excited today to have John Nix on the program. Kevin, just tell us a little bit about John Nix and and why we have him uh, on the show today. Yeah, John is one of our speakers, actually one of our speakers that everybody loves. I asked for a top five list of speakers over the years, just as I am getting used to my position here as director of programming, which is the other hat I wear besides the hub on just uh, setting up speakers, bands, uh, everything that comes out of the worship center. And uh, John was by far the one name that kept on coming up again and again and again. And so I thought I need to not only meet John Nix, but we definitely need to get him as a speaker as often as we can. And uh, in meeting John Nix, uh, you don't forget John Nix. Uh, he's a tall guy, but he's also got this deep voice that kind of reverberates through you. And so when you put that together with who he is as a guy who speaks the Word of God, uh, it's quite memorable. And uh, John is uh, somebody that talks about expository preaching, which we'll talk about today in the podcast. I know that can be an intimidating aspect, but it's, I know, one thing that I have done in youth ministry, and uh, it's something that is the basis of really what we do because we want to point students back to the Word of God. And so John's going to unwrap that a little bit more for us. Uh, John is a speaker, both nationally and internationally. Uh, he is all over the place. Uh, he has his own website and uh, just also some ministry opportunities within that website that he will talk about and we'll catch on the hind end. Hi, I'm Kevin Hall and I'm here with John Nix and we're talking about youth ministry and just uh, John's ministry. And uh, John, uh, just a little bit uh, from just camp, you've been speaking here at Cedarmore. Uh, what stood out and uh, what's been an encouragement for you? Well, it's been a lot of fun. This is my third week at Crossings this summer. So we've seen God do great things. It's been um, just a great time to see students really, really impacted by the gospel. So thankful for the intentionality of Crossings and the way that they are committed to proclaiming the gospel. And so stories of transformation with with youth ministers coming from all over is really this so encouraging to see this summer, just like every summer. And I know you uh, are on the circuit somewhat, so you're speaking, you go from this camp to another camp, uh, Camp Electric. Uh, just, uh, I'm curious uh, to know how many people know about that, but just give a little plug for Camp Electric, if you could. Yeah, so Camp Electric is a camp that's really designed for musicians. So it's a little different from your regular student camp in that most people don't bring their youth group. Now, some churches will bring like their worship band, but for the most part, it's just kids from all over really the world uh, that come in and we spend a few days just talking about how we can use our craft with excellence to serve Jesus and the local church. And I really spend a lot of time pastorally saying, hey, the kingdom of God doesn't need any rock stars. It needs servants that are willing to die alone and unknown, perhaps never viral and never with a record record deal. So it's a lot of fun though, man. It's uh, it's in Nashville, do it a couple of weeks this summer. So it's, it's going to be fun. 
Uh, actually, it's interesting. I was just telling you that I believe my nephew will be at that camp from California. So it's uh, got a long reach, as you were mentioning, all over the world. You said people come. So yeah, it's crazy. There are people come. I think last year it was like 48 states and like six different countries. So it's always cool just to see, you know, where people have come from, hear different accents, and uh, but it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a it's an environment of creatives, and so it's you know there's always something going on, and somebody always has a very strong opinion about music. I, I can't see that. I uh, can't see that at all. Uh, well, just to get to know you just a little bit more, uh, vertical uh, purpose, I know that's uh, what you're connected with. It's interesting as I am getting to know you through Google uh, and just getting ready to, to talk with you and just even getting to know our camp speakers. Uh, there's a, uh, an old NFL player, John Nix, and then also you come up with vertical purpose. Uh, we won't talk about the NFL, but what about uh, ver vertical purpose, kind of what you do and just what, what you're about? Yeah, so for me, several years ago, um, I had taken a group of students to camp. We were at camp and um, our experience really wasn't what I'd hoped it would be. Uh, I had a lot of students who were lost, um, had a lot of kids that I really been praying for. And we just, when we got to camp, we just didn't have consistency in the word. We just, we didn't get clear um, gospel presentations. There was a lot of emotionalism. So I'm driving the old 15 passenger van back and I'm just steaming. My wife's sitting in the seat next to me, you know, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's going to take me six months to unravel some false hope and walk through some things. And uh, as only our wives can, she says, well, if you think that biblical teaching for teenagers in particular at camps and Dean Owls is such a problem, perhaps you'd want to do more than just complain about it. And and uh, so, you know, uh, thank you. Just why don't you just sit there and be quiet and let me be unhappy. And uh, so, you know, as the good hand of providence would have it, the very next week, a buddy of mine calls me and says, my D now speaker fell through. Can you come do my D now? And so, um, man, the Lord has just uh, given me favor and um, really opened up some doors. And so uh, I, I'm just a guy who uh, I, I laugh. I'm not even sure why people keep inviting me. I'm a middle-aged guy who's an expository preacher, but I love spending time with kids that have very little understanding of the Bible and really have a lot of questions. And um, so for me, Vertical Purpose is really the outlet just to, to go and find places to proclaim Christ and His excellencies, to point kids to the Word. One of the things that we have developed over the years as I struggled is, how am I making disciples? You're that guy that kind of shows up for a couple of days and then you're out, you're gone. And so um, we started, I guess about four years ago now, just trying every fall to take kids that have been to camp, wherever we've connected, through the scripture, just a chronological overview, major events of, you know, the historical redemptive narrative and just taking them through there. And, and um, so I enjoy just getting emails from kids and tweets going, hey, I was reading this and what's going on. And so vertical purpose is really it's about just making much of Jesus and trying to connect kids with a vertical purpose. So that's really who we are and what we're about. And I think uh, when we, we had dinner uh, a few about a month ago and you talked about just a Bible reading 
opportunity there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we do is we'll, we'll do a, a Bible reading plan with uh, that chronological overview. And so we've got an app called Vertical Purpose and we, we're getting a, we get most of our traction either there or through social media. And so if you've got a kid who's new in their faith and they don't know exactly where to start, they can either download the app for free, go to the website or find us on social media and they'll get a reading plan. Uh, in that reading plan, it'll be, you know, about 10 minutes worth of reading. And then we also release just a little bit of, you know, commentary, help them understand, hey, this is what you're reading. Here's a little bit of the historical context, maybe some subtext, and really then point them back to how we see the gospel in that. And then a few points just to maybe pray or think through when it comes to the text. The idea being to partner with the local church so that for, you know, the small church who has a couple parents that are volunteering or the college kid that's only in on Sundays to serve students, this is a way for them to go, hey, I want to really give you some tools to get to know the scripture and just to learn more about what God has been doing. And so that, that's really what that's all about. A way uh, for me to be faithful in making disciples and continuing to connect beyond, you know, the microphone and the stage and just to push people towards scripture. Mm, which is great. I know one of the things that I struggle with, but I know that in youth ministry, what do I do with the Word of God? How do, I mean, I know I need to do this. I know the Bible's the answer. I know it's the truth. But then that discipline of being in it and having a plan is always the hard part. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard to keep that up and, and to stay motivated. And so that's uh, encouraging to hear. Uh, the other two things, two things that you also said uh, stood out, uh, the redemptive kind of arc of what we have in Scripture, biblical theology, but then you also mentioned expository preaching. Right. And obviously there's a marriage there of, of I think, of just even how we come to the scriptures, understand the scriptures, but uh, give me, especially on expository preaching, because that's often something that we miss out in youth ministry. It's topic driven, which is great. Truth is there. But what's the benefit of expository preaching? So one of the things that I really enjoy so much, for instance, we're as we're walking through this theme of outsiders taken from Philippians 3, and we're talking about those things, one of the things that I told all the student leaders who came here is that I want your kids, when they walk away from this week, to be very familiar with Philippians. So um, we, I spent time uh, just kind of laying down historical uh, context for how the city of Philippi had developed, where it was, its relationship to Rome, all those sorts of things. We, um, I dipped back into the narrative from Acts 16 to say, you know, this, this letter didn't happen in a vacuum, you know, um, talking about, you know, Paul's difficulty there, just getting started in the second missionary journey. You know, he and Barnabas parting ways, trying to get going, and then these little bitty snippets of like the Spirit of Christ forbid it, or the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow us to go here and there, and all those sorts of things, then to roll into the city, and for this church planner and leader, then to his core be, you know, a rich woman named Lydia, a slave girl possessed by a demon and an ex-military jailer uh, being this church core and then to march all the way forward to where he is in Philippians and to hear those words of affection and the call to rejoice and those sorts of things. So I really wanted these kids when they leave, uh, I alliterate it because you know that's what we're supposed to do. I said, I want you to know its context. I want you to know its content. But most of all, I want you to know its king. And so we, we really have just kind of uh, been just walking through steady. So we, we're, um, Crossings has been great. And I know that you were influential in getting us through expository chapter three each morning in our large group Bible studies. And so then in the evenings that I'm taking and we're doing one and two and four so that when they leave, 
they, they've been all the way through. They've got a good idea of what Philippians is all about. Which is great. And that's a way we also train them to get into the Word yeah. themselves, to understand context, to understand there's something behind this, right. but also it brings a richness to what you have there. Yeah. And so that's great. Uh, the connection then to biblical theology. Uh, what is the connection with expository preaching and just even why that's an important aspect for you? Right. So one of those things then, if you have a kid read, it's important to kind of give them some of those lenses to read through, if you will, um, just to let kids know that the Bible's not about them. It's about God. Uh, to let them know that when it comes to the Bible, uh, as they read it, especially in those Older Testament passages where they're wrestling to help them see through the lens of Christ. How is this pointing us to something that's bigger and better and greater um, to use some, some things to just kind of give them those underpinnings. What are we learning about God? What is he showing us about himself? What is he telling us about ourselves? And, and how is this pointing us to the only one that can satisfy in Christ? And so, you know, just kind of giving them some lenses, whether it be recognizing, hey, the Bible's not about you. There's one hero in the Bible. His name is Jesus. Everything else is a testimony of his power and his grace and we're all pointing to this thing and ultimately we're we're waiting for his return and so kind of walking them to help them locate where I, where am I in God's story? You know, has, has Christ come yet? If we're in the Older Testament, how do these covenants connect? And then walking through so that they can kind of see, all right, well, Christ's work is complete. He's ascended. The Holy Spirit has come. The church is, is birthed and, and it's growing and expanding. And you're walking them all through those things so that they can understand how God is revealing himself and what he's been doing. And so putting them in, you know, the meta narrative, kind of saying, okay, well, here's where we are now. So there are certain things that we need to pay attention to in the text. That's kind of how we kind of give those theological underpinnings to kind of support what we're teaching. Yeah, very good and exciting. I know that's kind of what yeah. drew me in. And just when you see the broad picture, yeah. it truly is the greatest story ever told. Yeah. It's uh, very amazing. Well, as you go through uh, a summer and just as you do what you do, obviously you're in contact with a lot of students, a lot of youth leaders, uh, a lot of churches. Uh, you see kind of uh, a, the geography of things from a different point of view than often if you're in a ministry, you kind of get uh, kind of just eyes for what's just right in front of you. So what do you see? What's uh, maybe some encouragements that you see within that, but also uh, what's something that uh, we you, maybe you could challenge uh, the youth leaders that uh, might be listening? Yeah. So one of the things that I am um, encouraged by, and it can also be discouraging at times, uh, I, when it comes to student ministry, there's so many philosophies and approaches out there. And, and, and it hurts my heart when I see people who think that student ministry is just a means to occupy their time or to just entertain them or babysit. And so one of the things that uh, I encourage youth pastors with, and I'm so excited about my um, just being around crossings and all that you guys are doing, partnering with the local church, coming alongside student ministers to help them in discipleship. These students, I, you know, I asked our own uh, student pastor, I said, okay, if, if my child comes into the student ministry here, when she graduates, what will she be able to articulate about faith? What will she know about the story of Scripture? What opportunities will she have had to live out her faith? What places will she have had to develop as a leader? When she walks through, will she just tell me about this time that we did this and that? And it's not to say that we don't have good times and great memories and those things, but I want to know, I know that I'm the primary spiritual formation giver in my home. I'm the primary disciple maker, but as I partner with the local church, how are we walking together with my child 
um, or, or these students for those that are in there. And so I'm really excited about what Crossings is doing just to bring resources to talk about family discipleship and discipleship within student ministries. That's the thing. When, when student ministers ask me, I say, I want you to be a skilled disciple maker. That's what I want you to do. I want you to be able to assess heart affections. I want you to be able to listen to a way a kid talks and identify whether or not they understand the tenets of the gospel and then walk with them, pair them with older students so that they're learning how to develop discipleship relationships. Break outside of those generational barriers and find someone who's been walking with Jesus for a long time and and pair them with a, a young person so that they can walk with them. And so as I think about it and I see the landscape, what is both? encouraging and discouraging at the same time is the lack of discipleship, but also there seems to be a growing awareness and a shift in that. And I'm, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, the heart of actually everything we do obviously is on the truth, but that truth is communicated through the relationships that God's given us. And, yeah. and that's uh, exciting. You know, it's a, a push for me and also a challenge for me uh, because that, it gets messy as you get involved in people's lives, as people see your life but yet uh, it's how God's made us and made us for the church and made us to be together. And so that is an encouraging, encouraging word. I know something that even those who are doing it, uh, we we need to excel still more in that. Uh, As you were talking just about your own family, about just even family uh, discipleship, uh, I know one of the the opportunities we have as a ministry is to also reach to, to families. And just it's a family ministry that we're about, whether it's children's youth or just even the home that we wanna help in any way that we can to equip, yeah. encourage, edify. And so uh, just as you look at your own family, what, what are maybe some encouragements? What have you done? Uh, what have you learned in just discipling your own kids? Uh, and for me, I have a 10-month-old, so I'm doing this somewhat <laughs> selfishly to just find out. I asked Dan, our last guy that we interviewed, the same question. So uh, what can you give me? Yeah, so for me, I am definitely not in the 10-month-old stage. I have an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things that discipleship does. One, it, it exposes my own weakness and my own deficiencies. Um, you know, there's, there's a part of our sanctification that happens in community and even the nuclear community of, of family. Um, it, it's so good for me and it's been so helpful for me. Um, but with my children, harnessing gospel family rhythms has been a big deal for us. So one of the ways that's played out for us is we, do, we have this thing in our home, we call it the table Bible. It's really, it's really a very creative name uh, because it's a Bible that sits on the kitchen table uh, and it does, it's not supposed to move. And so it's got, you know, it's got the pages are wrinkled. It's had milk, spaghetti, who knows what all over it. But one of the things that it serves for us is as we gather at the table, one of the things that we try to practice as a family is to say, we don't feed our bodies before we feed our souls. So we just pick up the Bible and a lot of times we'll vote as a family if we want to read through a book and we may just read, you know, depending on the schedule, maybe a verse or we might read from one section to the next or a whole chapter or whatever it is. We'll take turns reading and then, you know, after we we'll, we'll pray and thank God for his word and, and thank him for the way that he's provided for us. And then, you know, we're dipping plates and we're just talking about the scripture, simple things. Where where have you seen the evidence of grace around you today? Where have you been an instrument of grace today? Where have you seeing God's transforming work just to create conversations and places where we're, we're already there. And so that was one of the things that's been really helpful for our family. Cause you know, you got three kids, you're always, somebody's got practice, somebody's got a program, somebody it's, we're, we're just running. And so if we're not at the Chick-fil-A drive-through, 
you know, which is fine. Minivans are for mission and we, we do great work in the minivan. But if we're at the table, table Bible's there. Serves as a reminder visually to everybody. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I've been guilty on numerous occasions where my kids go, hey, dad. Did you forget something? It's like, oops, yep, way to go, spiritual leader, well done. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing like your six-year-old helping to straighten you out there a little bit, calling you re- to repentance there in front of the family. So, but that's just one of the small things. Figuring out where, you know, what Deuteronomy 6, those, those merisms, when you rise, when you lay down, when you go out, when you come in, how do we harness those natural rhythms that we walk in for the sake of discipling our, our families? Hmm, very good, very good. Uh, minivans are for missions. Yeah. Actually, I think that sticks out, discipleship and expository preaching for our, our time here, so I appreciate it. So, good good word. Uh, thanks for your continued ministry uh, to us as Crossing Ministry, and just even for joining us here on this podcast. It is much appreciated, and may God bless as you continue to Camp Electric. Man, I appreciate that. It's an honor to serve alongside Crossings. I'm so, so encouraged and, and helped by your ministry, and I, I pray God's favor, and I pray that many disciples will be made, and much fruit will be born that we can celebrate in days to come. I think some youth pastors uh, or family ministers would be nervous about this kind of talk about expository preaching it and using it in their, their ministry. But Kevin, would you kind of unpack a little bit about that intimidation and what you heard today from John and, and how we can really use expository preaching in our, our ministries? Sure. And it's funny because one of my favorite quotes uh, from him, there's several uh, that we'll talk about, but he said, I'm a middle-aged guy who's an expository preacher. And that's John Nix. And you might think, well, that's not me. That's not Kevin Hall. But uh, in in ministry, it becomes such a huge uh, thing where you're coming from, what you're modeling on a constant basis as you come from the front. Uh, As you hit topics, and you're going to need to hit topics with with teenagers and student ministries, uh, because there are things that are happening that you need to address from God's Word. But even better is to to go through a book line by line, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and uh, you don't have to, you know, really just think, okay, it's going to take us four years to get through the book of Philippians. And I say that because it took me a while to get through the book of (laughs) Philippians, and I heard a lot of gruff because of that. But uh, I thought it was important because we're hitting things that they're going to experience in life, but we're also showing them how to approach the Word of God. And the Word of God is intimidating to begin with. Not only is it the truth of the gospel, uh, but it's there's so many just of depth of theology that's there. And so as I'm coming, I need to understand what the context is of a certain book and what's happening within the smaller portions of that chapter as the chapter then goes back to the book, as that chapter then goes to verses. And as I study it, I begin to understand kind of the message that's that's happening within that passage or the, the overall message. Like for Philippians, it's joy uh, that we see there, and that's going to influence each and every part of that book. And so as I begin to study, I just now need to take that and bring that to the students and and cut it up in such a way or divide it up in such a way to where they can understand a thought that's happening within a passage and what the main thought in that passage is, why it's important, how does that apply to my life? And as you do that, you're modeling what it is to approach God's Word, because hopefully they're doing that, or they if they're not doing it, they need to be doing that. So that becomes a big aspect, is just understanding the Word, but also bringing that which has impacted your heart as you see the, the authoritative message that's in the text. 
How would you say that that works into uh, the idea of family ministry, uh, just to your own personal family? Well, I think, John, again, some of the quotes I thought that were great is harnessing family Bible rhythms uh, was one. Uh, the, the One of my favorites, too, was minivans are for missions. Yes, and yes. so you're finding those rhythms, but you're also doing it as you go. That He talked about Deuteronomy 6, and I think... Uh, you're looking for opportunities. You have a handle on the Word of God so that as you look at a situation, you can talk into that situation with truth. And uh, part of that is just knowing the Word, knowing the context of, of what the Word says in different books and how it all comes together. John also talked about that. Biblical theology is what we call that. So it's really just understanding the text so that you can then talk authoritatively with that truth into the life of a, of a young person. And so that happens all the time. And so I think as we understand the Word, as we're going through the Word ourselves, hopefully chapter by chapter, verse by verse, as I open up a book, I need a plan. So I'm going through you know, the book of Mark right now, and uh, I need that plan. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit a chapter a day, and it's just as I go through, I'm going to take a few notes. This isn't for anything that I'm giving. It's just for my own soul. But as I do that, I get truth kind of put into my heart, inculcated into my heart that I can then take and then apply to somebody else. And But it needs to hit me first. I, I found the example of his own personal testimony, what he does with his family, with the, the Bible on the center of, of the dinner table, just as, you know, it's not anything that's more holy than another Bible in their house, but it's a kind of a visual reminder of the need for God's word and that way his kids can remind him of the fact like, Hey dad, remember we got to read scripture together. That's one of those helpful things that you just hear from other faithful brothers and sisters being able to go, Oh, I can use that. I can use that in my daily uh, ministry to my family. And, and that's where it begins. It begins with the truth as you're affected, but then as then you give it to others and I know so often, uh, as my wife and I are working with a little one, trying to think through, what do we do? And that's one of the reasons why I ask this question yes. so often in these podcasts. I want to know what you guys do. And it's a pretty simple answer. You just open up the Word and you talk about it. And, uh, and yet you need to understand what the Word is talking about in order to then authoritatively say, this is, this is what the Word of God says. And whether it's in the family or whether it's in a ministry, and that just takes time. And that's the hard work of just being in the Word, having the Word break over you constantly so that your heart is affected, and then you can bring that message uh, that's there to the students uh, that you have or the family that you have. And, uh, and also bring it with authenticity. I think one of the things that's often missing is just being authentic but and real with, with the truth. And knowing that the world we live in, it's a struggle. And uh, those are things that we need to be honest with, but the Word of God helps us within that struggle and it gives us the hope that we need. That's great. And uh, we can give them a resource today. And just thinking through, you know, something helpful that would be able to uh, be a blessing to them, the listeners out there, and uh, encouragement and edification. What what do you got for us? Uh, what I thought about is something actually in our first podcast that uh, Jeff pushed. Uh, we haven't mentioned it since, but it's something that goes along with just the idea of expository preaching as an element of youth ministry. It's Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry, a practical guide. Uh, it's edited by Cameron Cole and John Nielsen, uh, and uh, they are involved with Rooted Ministries, and uh, they've done a, just a great job with that book. It's, it's been a joy to actually read through, and uh, soon we're going to have a book review coming up on The Hub as a, as a blog post.
And you can uh, get the links to anything that we have mentioned on the show in the show notes. And uh, you can get that at youthandfamilyhub.org, along with uh, many other articles and resources there for you. Again, we we seek to encourage and equip you uh, through this uh, podcast, but also through other resources that are uh, there on the web. Uh, as well, if you would take a moment, just rate and review us on iTunes. That helps get uh, us into the ears of other people who want to learn about youth ministry and uh, want to search on there for youth ministry podcasts. We can be one of the first ones to pop up. Uh, as well, you can uh, head over to the website and get connected with us, uh, whether that be uh, through Twitter or through sending us an email and, and give us your uh, feedback on that. That would be super helpful as we are just thinking ahead to uh, feel future uh, episodes and, and this uh, season and future seasons uh, help us uh, guide us in what would be an encouragement uh, for you and uh, helpful for you in ministry. Uh, thanks for your time today and uh, we'll see you next week. The Hub for Youth and Family Ministries is an arm of Crossings Ministries, which exists to proclaim the gospel and to see God transform lives, grow leaders, and partner with the church to the glory of Christ. For more resources, visit us at youthandfamilyhub.org and follow us on social media at Youth Family Hub. Hub Talk is hosted and produced by Kevin Hall and Jeremy Griswold. Web support by Randall Breland. On behalf of the Hub crew, I'm Dave Hoffman, wishing you the best as you endeavor to be faithful in the ministry that God has given you.